This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Goal! Goal! post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! For the 46th game of the season, Swindon Town have won their last home game of the campaign 2-1 to Barrow. It could have been so much more simpler, but where is the fun in that to discuss? It's the veteran, the original pundit of the Low Strangers. It's Ben Wills of Newport County fame. Hello, Ben. Hello, Rich. Is that it? Is that all you've got for me? Yeah, for now, yeah. Well, I'm just warming up. It's been a long, it's been a long time since I've done one of these. So, uh, so yeah, just getting back in the back in the groove. That'll do. And I'm sure all the listeners want to know how Newport County are doing at this stage of the season. But before then, a debut. Man, this debut could have been really bleak, but it's not. Joining the podcast for the first time is Honor Fraser. Hello, Honor. Hiya. Oh, that's better. That's how you do it, Ben. A hiya. <laughs> simple yeah effective how the devil are you yeah i'm not too bad thank you fantastic better after today oh my goodness so much better after today firstly thank you for joining the low strangers squad and secondly well done because you've endured weeks of the low strangers whatsapp group and haven't left yet which is quite an achievement well done thank you (laughs) (laughs) some of it's quite enjoyable some of it man that's great Okay, some, but not all. I take that. Yeah, the silence then was 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 haunting, frankly. Okay, then. So I've got to be honest. I was walking well, about a week ago um, towards the city centre of Philadelphia, minding my own business, enjoying my holiday, when a car goes past and it is playing UB40s, I can't help falling in love with you. And it was at that point I knew there was no escape from this football club. And (laughs) it was dragging me back in. And it's good to be back. And boy, 
what a game to return to. Not necessarily the most quality game, but a stressful endeavour. Before we get started, let's just applaud the Swindon fan base for what was a ridiculously impressive turnout, Ben. Uh, a turnout that is way better than so many eras before, really. I don't remember, like, Paolo Di Canio, other than in the Port Vale game, getting silly numbers. And Wellens didn't really get those numbers without an away side turning up. Barrow only brought 200-odd. Very, very impressive turnout by the Swindon faithful. We, we, we've done well there, and it's good to have a, a nice feeling around the place, even if uh, the season might end disappointingly still. But um, good to see such a, a big attendance, even though it did lead to uh, quite a few people turning up with about five minutes to go um, until kickoff and being stuck in big big queues outside. But I think hopefully everyone got in just about in the end. Honor, I got in nice and easy. I got to be honest, um, about 20 minutes before kickoff, my turnstile was fine, but there were queues everywhere. Did you get in all right? I did get in okay because I was actually working beforehand in the junior res room. So I actually get to just sneak for a little gate and then oh, I'm in right. and then get to take my seat just before kickoff. But I can see out the window that the queues outside the Don Rogers were quite long. And that's kind of been a recurring theme this season. I think the queues have been really long, uh, which is probably somewhat good because it means we're getting in new people. But, um, you know, everyone wants to be watching the Swindon which is great but yeah I think mostly today everyone was ready to go relatively early. Mm, yeah I think I think those who have been to a few games this season knew what they had to do at around about half two and that was to get to the uh, get to their seat as soon as possible. Um, it was great seeing so many fans there and obviously there would have been supporters who hadn't been in a while. There were a lot of Wellens era shirts and um, I, I found it funny. I, I'm pretty sure there was some, can I have your shirt, please? Cardboard sort of um, signs in the town end, which if that's the case, they obviously don't know Swindon's situation at the moment because I don't think there's any shirts to, to, to give out at this moment in time. The Swindon lineup was no surprise. Uh, Warding goal, uh, Egbo, Baudry, Conroy and Odomeo coming in for Iandolo. And in midfield, Payne, Reed, and Williams and Barry, and then McCurdy and Davison up front. So no shocks there, Ben. No, I think obviously the goalkeeper situation is one that people will argue about until uh, metaphorical cars come home. But I think people, there's a lot of people that, that stick with the you won't change a winning team. Manx going especially when you have been um, there on top of the league on Tuesday night. A lot of people would have been happy to to keep board in. Um, and obviously, I and Lowe couldn't play due to a suspension on on Tuesday night. So. Yeah, I think there will be a debate on their goalkeeper situation, uh, both early this afternoon and going forwards. But uh, a lot of people would have been happy with a, a unchanged team, generally, apart from obviously the fourth one. Yeah. So let's go then. First half on a, it was. It looked like this was going to be a very comfortable day for Swindon. Barrow were fine. Swindon had all the possession. It fell, and they were just looking for that cutting edge up front, but. I was quite relaxed for the opening stages of this half, were you? Uh, yeah, I think Swindon kind of knocking on the door very early. Barrow with no real chances. Um, compared to when we played against Barrow early the season, away from home, it was completely different. We were definitely more in control. So like you said, quite at ease. And I myself didn't really expect Barrow to score after the first half, the way the performance went. But... 
typical Swindon, giving <laughs> us something to worry about. Yeah, we'll, we'll stress about the second half in, in, a, in a few moments. There was there was one real standout effort before Swindon took the lead, and that was a chance that Davison really should have put away, Ben. Yeah, I think I also haven't been at as many games I'd really like to this season due to my work elsewhere at uh, Unnamed League Two Club. But um, from what I gather from watching highlights and listening to this podcast, that Davison will normally score the difficult chances and, and miss the sitters. And that definitely proved the case today where he was he wouldn't have been on, um, offered a better chance and he, and he fluffed it in a, in a big moment. But then, you know, next week he'll score from the tightest angle imaginable. So it just seemed to be, you know, a classic Davison miss, but one he will not be proud of, I'm sure. And, you know, lucky he got away with it with uh, scoring about 10 minutes later. But um, yeah, not one he'll look back on with a lot of fondness. No, but forgivable given the final score. On a Barry seemed to have a little bit of an off day. I think generally there were a couple of off days today and I don't really want to dwell on it because it's a long season and, you know, that happens and we've got away with it um, this, during this game and arguably against Forest Green Rovers as well. Barry is funny because his first touch is all, is phenomenal almost every single time. And then the bit where you think, oh, surely, surely he can do something here. He fluffs his lines a lot, but... Oh, he's such a good player, though. Yeah, he he is a very good player, and we've been one we've been very lucky to have this season. I think obviously where he's quite young, he knows what he wants to do with it. I saw a few times in the first half, the ball was just kind of he was either trying to shoot or cross, but it was going quite far wide um, and high up, which like you can definitely see what he's trying to do. And like you said, his um, first touch, his technical ability, is brilliant. But I think over time, that's just something that will come with him. Probably not for us. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think his work rate was off there. I just think things weren't just quite going right for him, like you said. I don't know why I do this to myself, but on Friday night, I looked through, reminded myself who were contracted for next season. <laughs> I think I'm just going to enjoy, never, you know. The, never a good thing. <laughs> never a good thing, is it? Every single year. I don't know why I do it to myself, but um, I think I'm just going to enjoy game 46 and hopefully the playoffs, if it all goes well at Walsall. But, you know, it, it, there are some players here. and The midfield today, I thought, were very good. Yeah, definitely. Um, Louis Reed. Obviously, standout player this season for a lot of people. Uh, his, you know, just the way he is on the ball, uh, his footwork, like the same as Barry, really technical ability is just outstanding. Jack Payne, another one. And the thing is, they both work so hard. It's just, you know, two players you're so confident with on the ball. And, you know, if they do have an off day, do make a mistake, you don't really worry about it too much because you know that, they're always going to do everything they can for you. And yeah, Louis Reed, I think today was definitely brilliant. Yeah. And the player, another player we've been lucky to have. Absolutely. We, we took the lead on 22 minutes and it was weird at the time because I guess it kind of goes along with what you were saying, Ben, that, you know, he, he misses the easy chances and gets the difficult ones. And, when it was coming in, I was I was close to bemoaning the cross because it looked like the the centre back was well had it covered, 
But he got his leg in there, and I, I kind of expected the referee to blow for a foul, which it absolutely wasn't. But it was it was a good finish, it, it, but it caught me off guard. I think the whole game had a, like a, a really weird feel to, feel to it. I think it was like an on the beach game where it actually mattered. There was a lot of things where I certainly wasn't as nervous as I was on Tuesday night, given that you know we had Forsky on Tuesday who had a much better season than Barrow to, to put it mildly. So as much as I probably shouldn't do as this feeling fun, I kind of turned up to this game thinking like, yeah, this is this is Barrow. We are going to win this, and everything will be fine. Uh, and that was the case until ten minutes left. But it was just one of the one of those things where it was a goal I was expecting from the from the first minute really, and then it happens. Like, okay, great, we're in the lead now, and then we can then we can relax. But yeah, it was a, a strange goal, and it did look like an own goal at first. But I've got a habit on this podcast of giving own goals to people that I shouldn't. So uh, I'm t- definitely going to hope that on a second and third viewing that, that it's definitely Davison's, and uh, I can give it to him after what we mentioned earlier it was a, a pretty bad miss from him. But he uh, he made up for it in the end. It's absolutely Davison's goal. And I just want to uh, bring you all back to the Low Strangers WhatsApp group because, what, seconds before Davison scores, Ben Wills puts out a tweet, uh, puts out a message that simply says, FT, Swindon nil, Barrow one. Explain yourself. <laughs> This was purely because uh, I think it was James put in the uh, put in the WhatsApp group the scores from elsewhere, which was uh, Bristol Rovers losing two 0 at Watchdale and uh, Sutton losing against Bradford. So I was like, yeah, everything has gone away. So obviously Barrow going to score in a minute. So uh, thank- thankfully, uh, Josh Davidson maybe looked stupid, which happens a lot. Anyone who's uh, read my Twitter feed during the, during the time I covered Swindon as a journalist would, would often um, notice that it happened the other way where I'd say Swindon are playing really well and then we go 1-0 down so um, yeah true to form and I was a good jinx for a, for a change which was nice I'm all for such jinxes frankly On a, Swindon continue to play well, play well after going 1-0 up and the, the, the first half I kind of really wanted Swindon to capitalise on that and they didn't quite get there did they? No I mean I was talking to the people I've sat with and we all just kind of kept saying we, we need another goal. Um, you know, another goal before half time would have been probably the game done for us. Um, or you'd like to think so anyways. But yeah, like I said, couldn't really capitalise on a lot of things. I think, you know, it was just a bit annoying, a bit frustrating to watch at times, but also kind of felt confident that we would to still secure it at some point. Maybe not quite in the fashion that we did, but yeah, definitely. I think needed. We thought we needed a second goal before the break, which is you know that's always what you want. Though you always want a bigger goal margin as you can before going in at halftime. Yeah, I, I I do think it's one of those games where if we get that second goal in the first half, then we steamroll them. Um, and obviously that wasn't to be. Why do we worry though? Is it because it's very Swindony? Is it because because Barrow didn't do anything really of note in the first half? Off you know off off the top of my head, I can't I can't remember feeling threatened by them. Their defense was set up quite well. You can see they're they're, they're well drilled. They don't they don't get tonked as a rule and they just don't have that sort of uh well they don't have a 20 goal scorer do they they don't have a an attack which is which is as aggressive as other teams and I think that's probably why they're well down there but I I completely agree with you that I was sat there going you know Barrow will probably do something with their one chance should we just relax a little bit trust them 
We, I would say yes, but then we are sitting on a recording of a game where we won 2-1 and we conceded a goal in the 82nd minute or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the reason we panic is because uh, the confirmation bias is very strong a lot of the time in this club. Very fair point. The second half then, I, I don't think this was a bad performance. I, it looked like a very tired one, which worries me a little bit going into a very important game against Walsall. It worries me a little bit if we can, you know, get sharper for the playoffs if we make it. Honor, do you would you agree with that? Do you think we looked quite tired in places? Um, yeah, I think that's quite a valid statement to make. Obviously, it is towards the end of the season, so maybe a little bit of tiredness is expected. But at the same time, we don't we can't we don't really need that I think within the squad there isn't that much room for rotation either so it's not like you know oh some of the bits are we can just give them a little rest it's we've got injuries we've now got people you know people have been suspended it's not really the time that we have we don't really have time for people to be tired hopefully a bit of recovery now between uh today and Warsaw should see the players getting over the line um but I also think there was a little bit of frustration within the players as well. Um, they're not at each other, just with everything going on. Um, when Barrow equalised, mm. you know, people throwing the ball around in the stands, which I understand is annoying. <laughs> but then, you know, getting really angry with like fans and that, trying to get it back. But I think that's all just the emotion of it at the end of the day. People just, like, you know, the players clearly do care for the club, which is great to see. But I think when you're tired, just kind of frustrations like do just start to creep in. But as long as they don't start getting at each other, I think that's all that matters. Although the atmosphere throughout was really, really good, Ben, I did feel the tension in the stands during during the second half. Yeah, I think it goes back to the, the Swindon nature of Swindon Town Football Club is that we had we had quite a lot of good chances in in the first half with uh, the Davidson one and McCurdy shooting over. Then the the main one I can think of in the second half was Barry in the one on one where he, he he shot straight at um, the keeper Farman, I think. So I think there's probably a sense that Swindon have wasted too many chances to not get punished here. And uh, unfortunately, that that really happened in the in the second half of that half chance of the free kick that that Ward should probably do better with and for 30 seconds it looked like it might have cost us but luckily we scored um quite quite quickly afterwards to to reinvigor the home fans and to not have the the doubting and the moaning gone on for too long but I think it's just a general sense that we we played too well to not win and then we found ourselves level in, in the end so I think that was sort of uh, always going to happen with this club. Yeah, the goal itself, Reed gives away a free kick and it's you know it feels like the same old story there. It was it was a daft free kick to give away, but in terms of the goal itself, I kind of want the goalkeeper to do a little bit better. But I feel like I'm being quite harsh there. I, I you know it, it can't be easy to get down that quickly, but he got enough on it to suggest to me that he'll be quite disappointed with himself there. Yeah, when you watch it back and when you see it, it's always one of those things where you think, "Oh, I could have done better." And I guess it takes back to what. Um, we were talking about at the start with the Ward Wallacott debate. People would are always going to argue, oh, Wallacott would have saved that, etc. And I, yeah, I think when you watch it back, it is like just a little bit annoying. But and I'm sure Ward has already watched it back and maybe had a think about it. Um, but yeah, it's 
definitely frustrating but at the end of the day it's nothing we can do about it <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not sure I would have done much better um, but yeah it's when you see kind of it's not really a goalkeeping error but no if you understand if you understand what I'm trying to say but when you see stuff like that where you do think the goalie could have done better it is just a little bit annoying to watch back but then you know the 1-1 one, one perhaps gave Swindon that bit of fight that we needed to get over the line with the second goal and provided a real bit of emotion I think for like for the fans um, and made the game a little bit more exciting um, now we've won I can say that <laughs> if it ended one, if it ended one one, I I wouldn't have probably said that. But yeah, I think the one one like just kind of emotionally brings people into it more. Yeah, Ward didn't. What it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And Ward didn't have to do much in this game. He had one decent save when he had to sort of negotiate yeah. a, a a ricochet, wasn't it? it kind of deflected yeah. and it looped, and he and he tipped it over. And I think that was that was pretty much it um, for the for the majority of the game in terms of shots on target. And yeah, I don't I don't I'm not saying Wallacott would have saved it. I think Clem Fooney would have saved it. He was quite <laughs> he was quite um, he was using his legs a lot. So maybe if he would have gone for the old legs method, he might have saved it because during that penalty shootout at halftime, Ben. Um, Mulfuni was very pro legs. Yeah, I, I watched some of it. I'll be lying if I watched all of it. I, I was more confused that they were doing it um, at half time in such a big game and they were making quite a mess of the penalty spot that led to Sands being put on it, which is a, an interesting choice. Maybe they should have done it pre game or after, but I guess half time is the, is the time for that sort of thing. But um, I'm not going to advocate Claire Mulfuni going in goal for what will be an important game at least and potentially four. But um, if the goalkeeper debate gets to such an extent where no one can decide whether to put Wallach or, or Ward in goal, then maybe we should give Clem a game just to, you know, he's very popular. So it, it should go down quite well, probably. How the hell you you reply to that far too seriously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely uh, concerned about how popular, how popular he is because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worried how, how popular chairman should be. But uh, as long as he's liked... Uh, more than the previous one, that that should be uh, should be a good thing. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm quite annoyed by Barrow, to be honest, because they had no right to be as up for that game as they were in the last sort of 20 minutes or so, and even more so in injury time, where they they really fancied getting a second goal when, frankly, they should be on the beach. Um, but you know, here we are. I I, I felt that we were going to shoot ourselves in the foot. But when we conceded, although it was late on, I didn't feel that pit of misery that I felt when we did it against Salford, when we did it against Exeter. Maybe it's because we had a little bit of time left. And I guess it was justified in that because it wasn't long before Lou Reed, who somehow won't be our player of the season because McCurdy, I think, got it. Um, Saved us. Sure, he gave away the free kick that led to the goal, but... Oh man, what a player on it! Yeah, just like the the relaxation on like on the ball when he scored. You know, if, if when I was watching it, it's not one of those like we've seen Louis Reed. Some of his goals are fantastic. Like he can really strike a ball, and his placement is fantastic as well. But it, you know, the touch he looked up, and when you watch it back, he's he's just gone for the placement. Um, it's just brilliant and like just everyone was just mental I've it's never <laughs> haven't experienced that in a very long time at the county ground 
um, itself. But yeah, like you said, gave away the free kick, but definitely redeemed himself with the goal. Just absolute class at the end of the day, the way he's just settled it down. And no, I don't think I, anyone's really expected it to go in because of the, you know, the pace it was going yeah. at. Quite a lot of players in the box as well. And Barry were cutting a lot of things out um, earlier in the game. But yeah, it was, it was just brilliant and a good time to do it. Yeah, I thought his... In, in real time, I kind of was like, ah, because I thought he was going to shoot first time. And when he took yeah. that touch, I was like, no. And then obviously he proves me absolutely wrong. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Because I think a lot of people would have been expecting a first-time shot, just because of where he was, like the intensity of the game being one 0 up, Barrow scoring. But yeah, he just kind of proved his brilliance. I think with that. Yeah, Ben. I just want to be Lou Reed's friend. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a nice guy and would do it with you. So uh, just get on the podcast. I'm sure your friendship can blossom from there, Rich. Thank you. I think so. Harry McCurdy, Ben. I didn't think it was a good performance by Harry today. I think um, he, he got himself in the usual places and he had a few shots that went askew, a poor first touch. I'm, I'm not going to sort of read the riot act to him, but at a time where we will need him to be at top of his game, I think we'll need improvement going into the last fixture where we will need to score goals. Yeah, I think that's unquestionable. However, I will refer you back to the conversation we had pre-recording that uh, there have been a lot of clubs or practically all of his clubs uh, pre-Swindon where he's been very inconsistent and he'd have one game, one good game in about four. So I think we've definitely had the best version of McCurdy throughout the season. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to I'm happy to let one fly. But obviously, we're going to have uh, one, possibly four, hopefully, um, big games coming up in the in the next month or so. So he'll need to be on it for that. But I'm happy to let one slide when we've definitely had a 20-goal a season McCurdy when, you know, Carlisle, Oldham, Newport, um, all those teams definitely haven't. So, yeah, definitely one to one to enjoy for now. But he, he will... I'm glad he's only one bad game as opposed to about 15 where he's had a previous club. So uh, I'll definitely count my blessings on that one. Yeah, and he almost scored a sublime goal too, you know, <laughs> given given everything. He almost sort of looped it over the keeper, didn't he? There were, I mean, this game really, really, really could have been about 5 or 6-1, couldn't it, Anna? Yeah, I think that was what a lot of people thought as well. Um, like you said, McCurdy, not his best self today, a couple of chances. Um, but yeah, I just don't think it was quite, just like the goal front just wasn't quite going right for us. And like mentioned, when going into uh, definitely one really important game, all you need is goals at the end of the day. So hopefully now we've got it out of our system because today, today definitely could have been five five or six, like you said. And Barry probably shouldn't have even got a look in. But no, just, they, yeah, they definitely, yeah, hopefully... Like you said, got to get that out of the system now. And when it can also next week, we can get maybe four or five goals there and really, you know, show because we have got some brilliant, we have got lots of goals in this team, lots of different goal scorers, um, which is a very positive thing to go into these games. I think that's what we've got to remember. We've got goals in McCurdy, Davison, Reed, Payne. So that's just what we just need them to actually deliver, take us over the line. 
Yeah, and I feel like I'm micro-analyzing Harry McCurdy here and, you know, I, I don't want people to think like I'm being particularly harsh on him, but there were some real opportunities, not just for him. Barry um, could have could have scored with a one-on-one. I think Farman, the Barrow goalkeeper, actually did very well to anticipate that because he was well out mm-hmm. of his um, off his line well before Barry realised it. And I think to most of us up, I just didn't get over him, but I don't think Barry anticipated that Farman would be out so quickly. Um, and there were there were plenty of moments where you just like, give it to him now. And they just take that one or two touches too many. When we talk about man of the match, I don't think this is one that's really up for debate, to be honest. The overwhelming majority of listeners have gone for Lou Reed. There were nominations for Davison, Baudry got one or two, Odomeo got a few shout outs, but you know, Alex on Twitter, Reed, 87 passes, 85.1% complete, 20 long balls, three tackles in all, and oh a goal. It simply has to be Reed, doesn't it, Ben? Yeah, I think so. I think he controlled the midfield as he as he quite often does, and it, it becomes a bit of a cliche given that the Low Strangers podcast is quite literally named at the Lou Reed Man of the Match Awards. So it's only fitting that once or once or twice he does actually win it, and we don't have to give it to to someone else to be controversial. Yeah, Honor, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Just brilliant. That, that's, that is sometimes all you need to say, isn't it? It was it was a brilliant performance, and he just they, they just see things that other players at this level do not see. And there, there were a few passes and there were a few moves, I think in the first half and the second, where they were almost identical to the goals we scored against Forest Green and they just didn't, didn't pay off. But some of those passes into uh, just, just incredible. It was a very interesting day in League Two in terms of where this season is going to end. Swindon now are in the playoffs so our destiny is in our own hands which makes me feel a little bit nervous but I'm happy that we're there. Exeter have leapfrogged Forest Green into first place so they could win the title if they win their last game of the season. Northampton currently occupy third um, but Port Vale have a game in hand and if they win it they will go above them. So the playoffs at the moment are Bristol Rovers and Bristol Rovers fans must have had an absolutely incredible time in the no away end. Saw that coming. Oh my goodness. Three goals. What was it? 89, 95th and 112th minute or whatever it was. Uh, incredible for them. But they are looking quite good for automatic given that they're playing Scunthorpe at the Memorial um, next week. So the playoffs are Bristol Rovers. Currently Port Vale, then Mansfield, both of which have a game in hand, then Swindon in seventh on 74. And the people that we're looking out for nervously, I suppose, are Sutton uh, on 73. They dropped points today, which allowed us to get in to the playoffs um, before the 46th game. And Tramier, who are lingering in ninth. Salford have a game in hand. They will be very much in the mix if they beat Mansfield. Oh, this is it, honor, isn't it? This is this is the time. Walsall is not going to be a comfortable experience. Or, well, here's hoping I'm wrong. It's definitely now kind of all. All Sunderland had to do was win. If we win our games, everything else is out of our hands. But now, like you said, it is in our hands. Like all we've got to do is win. If we win and doesn't go well, then you know that's just how it's meant to be. But I think it's definitely going to make Walsall an interesting day probably knowing Swindon somewhat nerve-wracking uh, if the last two games are anything to go of um, 
but I also think it's going to make it a really exciting day for a lot of people. Um, I know it's one that I've been looking forward to for weeks now, mm. and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. So I'm actually really glad that we've ended up where we are today. And if it doesn't go to plan, then, you know, such is life. Yeah. But if it does, it makes all this build up and excitement worth it. You know, all the extra tickets we've had, just everything that's gone on in the build up to Warsaw is just going to be brilliant. As long if Swindon win, then it'll be 10 times better. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to you. In, in a minute, Ben, because you won't be at this game. So uh, I, I, I think I'm, and you are too, on a probably two of thousands of Swindon fans who are relieved there's something in this game, yeah. <laughs> given how early we all bought our tickets and how much travel is. I mean, 60-odd quid from Bristol to Birmingham, which is an absolute travesty uh, with the trains, but uh, split tickets saved the day on that front. Um it's going to be a good day out. Whatever happens, it's great that we're going in numbers and we're fighting for something. And and that, mm. you know, again, we'll get to you in a moment, Newport County man. Um, but it's it's going to be a good day. Yeah, definitely. I think just you know, like I said, the extra tickets. When you read that Walsall have had to move some of their season ticket holders to accommodate us, uh, it just really gives you a sense of pride in the club as well like the last few games the amount of fans that have been coming to the games like kind of touched on at the beginning because the last time I remember a gate this big was the Exeter at home mm. uh, but they Exeter bought uh, a few thousand fans so that kind of builds up the numbers for the um, attendance for that one but yeah Swindon fans coming down in their numbers um, which is just brilliant to see Um but yeah, it's definitely going to be, um, I think I'll be a bit on edge when the game starts, as long as Swindon, <laughs> unless obviously we're 5-0 up at halftime. Oh, and, right. uh, yeah, that'll all be okay then. But I think the Bristol Rovers game today just shows how unpredictable this league can be, because I, I definitely didn't see them coming back to win that. When I heard they won, I was really shocked. Mm. Well, three one down in the eighty ninth minute. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you expect? Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Yeah. Are you hoping for Rochelle to uh, capitulate on the last day of the season? Well, both teams are staying in League Two, so I'm just hoping for a, a nice afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, you both need to get back to winning ways, and hopefully they will do on Easter on Easter Monday. But um, I'm back on day Monday, so uh, so yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. So that's why I was managed to go to Spinner versus Barrow at the weekend. But um, yeah, I, I think. Both teams will just be having an eye on next season, um, next Saturday. So uh, that'll be that'll be an interesting one for me. Ben, I'm trying to tease you here, and you're <laughs> answering it honestly, and you know, with with a serious tone, um, because the last time I saw your lot, they were busy uh, being in Wonderland, and I don't think they've I, I think they've not returned to Wonderland since, have they? I think they've lost every game. Yeah, that that was Newport's last win. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been I, genuinely uh, all biases aside. Uh, when when the full time whistle went at the kind of ground on that afternoon, I thought Newport were going to be on their way to the playoffs and Swindon were we're just falling short. And um, the literal opposite has happened. So, well, it's not it's, we're not there yet. We are not there yet, my friend. But yes, hard luck to Newport. I do like that away day mostly because mm. of that bar that I go to. Which one is it? Tiny Rebel. That's the one. Yeah, I like the wings at Tiny Rebel. Don't drink the alcohol, but I love those wings. 
<laughs> I have had the alcohol, not the wings. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely definitely try that out one day. But uh, I'm, I'm ready in Newport long enough to uh, to enjoy Tiny Rebel. Well, here we go now. We, we are now preparing ourselves for the longest week of our lives as we uh, prepare to take on Walsall next week. We might do a, an extra show covering it in, in the week and then we'll have the presser. Is, is a question for you. Josh Davison scored against Barrow today, opened the scoring. Who was the last person to score for Swindon against Barrow? Anyone know? Uh, I don't know. I, do, I can't remember what happened to the reverse fixture, so I'm presuming we didn't score. We didn't. Um, no. I am not going to pretend I was around when we were playing Barrow back in the day, so I'm not even going to hazard a guess at that. Oh, no, do you know? I've not got a clue. Don Rogers. Oh. I should have just gone for that, shouldn't I? Just like, yeah, should have just gone. Should have just, just could have gone just, for just it. Just yeah. pick, a, pick a name from a long time ago that I know. And uh, <laughs> how many? So yeah, okay. Let's go with this. So list the names of players that you know from back in the day for me. Uh, Massimo Luongo. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. I don't embarrass myself any further by trying to name some that I've got mixed up. So uh, I'll just say Don Rogers and move on. Ben Wills, how many players from the 1969 League Cup final can you name? Uh, my Zoom is just about to go off, I think. I'm, I'm getting nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm live on air, so I'm, I'm getting scared now. Okay, we may never see or hear from Ben again after that. Honor, can you can you beat nobody other than Don Rogers? Um, John Trollope. Yeah, see? You don't have um, to name any more. You don't have Roger, to name... Roger Smart? Yes! Yeah, there you go. Oh, number one, Peter Downsborough. Number two, Rod Thomas. Number three... Oh, I, I know what I'm doing here. That was poor, Ben. <laughs> I, I am genuinely ashamed, but uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather do that than say a wrong name and be uh, castigated even more, so I'll take what I can get. Okay, okay. Well, we'll leave it at that with disgrace. But both of you, thank you very much. Good debut, Honor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Rich. I enjoyed that apart from the last two minutes. <laughs> the Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.